0: Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is actually episode number 14, so if you want to see any of the show notes uh, to this episode, you're going to want to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 14. And you'll find all the show notes over there. And if you're new to the show and you haven't been over to the blog yet that I've created for this podcast, you'll probably want to do that. There's a ton of resources over there and there is some downloads for you, uh, whether you're just starting or if you're trying to ramp up your Amazon business, you might want to go over there and check that out. Um, Everyone that left uh, iTunes reviews for me, I just wanted to reach out and give you a nice big hug. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We're uh, over 70 uh, right now, which is really, really cool. And let me just say, if you're hearing my voice right now and it's sounding a little bit different, I do want to apologize. Uh, Last night, we had a game, uh, a basketball game. My son did. He's a junior. He's uh, 16 years old. And uh, we had a really intense basketball game. We come from a very competitive family as far as sports go. My wife and I both played sports and we're we're totally into our kids' uh, sports as well. And uh, we were going uh, for a sectional. Uh, not a title, but a sectional advancement. And uh, in the sectionals, it's towards the end of the season, and you get to go to the big stage and then compete in the semifinals. And uh, we were winning with three minutes left in the game by 11 points. Long story short, we went into overtime. The other team tied it up and went into overtime, and we lost by three. So it was a little tough getting up this morning. I got to admit it. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm still not clear in my head, uh, you know, of what happened there. And uh, I was screaming and yelling, and everyone else was, and it was a lot of fun, but it was very intense, very stressful. So, uh, you know, if your uh, kids are into sports or you have, uh, you know, cousins or anyone that you're uh, you're paying attention to, and you know how I feel right now, you're feeling my pain, right? But anyway, uh, you know, life is still good, and uh, he had a great season, so. I won't bore you with all those details, but I just did want to clarify my voice. Now, if you're coming to the show for the very first time, I wanted to reach out and give you a handshake. Thank you so much for taking the time. My name is Scott Volker, and uh, I've been uh, selling on Amazon, Amazon, I'm sorry, for just over, uh, just about four months now. And uh, this is where I kind of, you know, tell it all and kind of go through the ups and the downs of this uh, business model. And today, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be answering a couple questions from the audience. And what we're going to be talking about today is the business stuff. Some of the boring stuff, really. I'm going to try not to make it boring. I'm just going to kind of get right through it and tell you what I did. But a lot of people have questions, you know, like, what do I have to do in order to get this thing started as far as business wise? You know, like, what do I have to do for a name? And you know, trademarking and forming LLCs and um, all that stuff. So I'm going to give you what I did, uh, you know, when I answered this question and these questions because there's two questions, but it's, it's related to the business side of things. So let's hear the question from Jenny, and then from there, I'll go ahead and give you my answer.
1: Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for doing this amazing podcast. I really, really appreciate all the information that you are providing for us. And I just hope you do know and realize that you are changing the lives of a lot of people. So I hope the blessings come back to you tenfold. Uh, My question is more of a broad one and has to do with some of the business behind um, FBA. Um, I've done FBA for a couple months now, more in the the retail arbitrage fields and not really finding it as profitable as I'd like and um, want to go the private labeling route. But I'm still um, a new business owner and not really sure how to do the taxes and do inventory management and um, everything related to that. So I was wondering if you can give us just a broad overview of what you do. Um, and I know you're not a a tax advisor or um, a lawyer, but um, if you can just give us an idea of what you do as far as what tools you use for inventory management and for taxes and um, what kinds of people you do actually spend the money to consult with or hire um, versus doing it on your um, on your own. Um, any any um, answers related to that um, would be very much appreciated. Um, again, thanks so much for everything you do. Um, I can't wait to hear more. Thanks a lot.
0: Well, first off, I just want to say thank you so much, Jenny, for the question. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate the kind words. It really means a lot that uh, you know these podcasts are reaching people and people are getting value from it, so I really do want to say thank you. Um, yeah, It's a great question, and I've got some points I want to touch on here, okay? And again, I'm just going to reiterate this. This is what I did. I'm just going to kind of take you through the steps that I did, and then from there, what I would do probably in the future, um, but once you kind of you see how things are set up and how it works. Uh, from there, you're pretty much set up and then you're building that brand unless you go and create a totally separate brand, which I don't recommend, especially in the beginning. Okay, And there's some there's some issues with that too within Amazon that they don't want you to do that. Okay, But I'm going to explain that. Uh, but let me first put a little disclaimer here. I am not an attorney. I'm not a legal advisor. I'm not an accountant. Um, I mean, heck, I don't even have a degree in this. All right. So, I really am just giving you what I've done. So, if if it was me personally and and I was a little nervous about this, I'd reach out, I'd talk to an attorney or I would talk to an accountant, which I do have an accountant, and I asked him, you know, for my tax purposes, what I needed to do, which I'll talk about that in a minute. But really, the very first thing that you need to ask yourself is is this going to be a business or is it going to be a hobby? Okay. And the reason why I say that is because. You know, if you're doing arbitrage, I mean, you can just get yourself an EIN number from the government, just, you know, come up with a a name and then submit that. And then they'll, they'll issue you an EIN number. Okay. And that's basically like your business. And you got to pay a little bit for that. I think maybe 50 bucks. I'm not sure. Maybe it's free. I don't even know. Um, But, and I'll, cause I'll tell you what I did, but you can even just use your social security number and just be you as an individual. Okay. So really just to kind of test the waters and see if it's going to work now to build your brand though. Okay. You can still do that without really having to invest a ton of money because they'll let you, Amazon will let you come up with a name, okay? So when you're creating your brand name or your seller name, because really what it is is it's like an umbrella. So if you've ever noticed, you'll see where it says, okay, the product is is uh, you know XYZ brand, right? You'll see underneath the product, but then it says sold by and then it'll say the brand name. Well, that brand name, the sold by, okay, the seller, is technically the one that sells that. So you may be a warehouse company that is XYZ warehouse, but yet you sell you know, cleaning supplies, you sell automotive, you sell uh, home improvement goods, right? And then all of those other products could be sold separately as different brands, okay? So I'm, I'm hoping that, that that's making sense. So you really have this, this one main brand, which you kind of want to be generic in a sense, okay? And then your product brand is going to be more of directly related to that industry or that market or that niche okay uh so like you know if like again let, let's kind of go to that like if you are if you know that you're going to be selling a variety of different products you can almost just come up with a generic base brand okay that can encompass all of these different items that you're going to be selling that are in multiple, you know, markets and then each one of those products that you create, you can just list them under a certain brand that you create, okay? And that's kind of what I did. Um but I'm still staying really uh I'm staying really focused on the one niche that I'm in and I plan to. But I still made my main brand name, okay? The seller name, the one that's basically saying that I'm selling these products, that one I kept very Basic, very generic. That could, I could sell automotive if I wanted to, or I could sell, uh, you know, health goods if I wanted to. Okay. Cause a lot of people don't even really relate that to the product brand. Okay, now your product brand, that's definitely one that you want to spend a little bit more time on. That's the one that you would be like registering a trademark or creating an LLC. Um, Okay, that's personally what I did. So my, and and, and again, that base brand that you create within Amazon, you can change that at any time, uh, you know, and it'll automatically update all your listings and stuff. It's really the product brand that you really want to focus on, all right? So, Here's a couple of tips for when you're thinking of a name and that I did, okay? So your business name or your business brand, I should say, that you're selling the product. So if you're going with one product type, let's say the garlic press again, and that's going to be like you know your whole line of products is going to be around kitchen items and utensils and stuff, then you're going to want to come up with a brand name for those products that's going to be related to that like kitchen goods are us or something or you know kitchens fantastic or whatever right and then all of your all of your stuff your garlic press your lemon press your uh, you know cooking gloves and all that stuff are going to be listed underneath that brand but your main seller account could be you know ARJ wholesale. Okay, that's who's technically selling the goods, but really the brand name is of the product line, okay? And I hope that makes sense, Um, but that's really what you want to think about. So now let's talk about having more than one account inside of Amazon, and Amazon really frowns upon that. They do not want you to have two accounts, two seller accounts. They'll let you have one account that you can have multiple product brands under, okay, but one central account. The only way that I've heard to get around this which I haven't done is if you uh, if you say that you know your wife is going to be selling in a completely different niche and she's going to have her own separate business and checking account and all that stuff, sometimes they've made an exception. I've never done this so I can't give you that advice okay but uh, there is some some issues when you're having two different seller accounts okay basically two different checking accounts and business accounts uh, in one um, household. Okay, so that's my take on that. All right, so that kind of covers the brand name. Now, the brand name, too, you want to think about this. When you are creating one that's going to be really like set in stone, the product brand name, um, you really want to do a little bit of research on that. You want to come up with a name that's unique, but you also want one that kind of explains your... you know your product. And I recently just did an interview with Will Evans that talks about this, and that was episode number 13. So that's in the uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash 13. And uh, he talks all about creating a brand and brand messaging and, and all that stuff. So you might want to check that one out if you missed it. Um, but yeah, so once you kind of get a name that you feel is going to be universal to all of your products that you're going to be releasing, you really then want to look and see if it's been trademarked. Okay, and a way that you can do this is just go to the government site, and I'll leave links to this stuff in the show notes. But you just go to the government site, and then you look for trademark search, and then from there you can search. Now, it, this isn't like technically, you know, a hundred percent. They're giving you like just a really rough search. You can do a deeper one, um, and I believe that one might cost money. Um, but then also, you can just pay for one. You can pay to have it trademarked, and then they'll do. Um, an extensive search. And I'm actually going through the process right now of a trademark, um, not for this particular, uh, not for my Amazon business, technically for another separate business, but it's the same process. Uh, I went to LegalZoom uh, and I believe uh, end number right now is about 500 bucks, maybe 550 bucks. And they're going to do the search for the entire uh, database um, statewide and uh, you know throughout you know, local uh, markets and stuff. So it's about $550, $600 bucks to do a trademark. And then from there, once you do that, then you know that you're protected by that name um, and no one's going to be able to come in and say you either infringed on that or that you, uh, you know, you know may- maybe that you're misrepresenting the name or, or any of that stuff. You just don't want to have to worry about that. So it is important to do that if you feel as though this is going to be a real business. I'm doing the air quotes again, all right? The other thing is that you wanna do is you wanna also check uh your website. Make sure that your website's not taken. If you're gonna create that brand, you wanna you know do a little search, go into GoDaddy or whatever, you know, uh company that you use to, to buy domain names and you want to do a search on that and make sure that that name is is available. And if it is, scoop it up. Go ahead and purchase it. You know, be like $10, $15 for a, a domain name. Um, so I would definitely, definitely do that. So That's kind of where I'm at with the brand name, okay? Now, that stuff didn't happen right away for me, right? I kind of was just in a hurry, and I just got my name together. I said, "Ah, I'll see if this works and put the name up, all right? I didn't even form an LLC until I had already had about $25,000 in sales, all right? Uh, Because creating an LLC, and I'm going to get into that next, is... uh, it's expensive. Um, I mean, it's it's expensive if, if you're going to just try this thing out and you see that, well, I just tried this product and it's it's not going to work and uh, I just spent money on an LLC and now I'm going to switch gears and go to a whole nother market and now that name isn't going to work and now you've got a business set up as an LLC and uh, now you got to kind of you know scrap it and start over again. So some people have said that you can create a central or a, you know, like basically a main LLC and then create DBAs underneath that LLC. It's a little complicated. I don't know much about that. But what I did is I just created an LLC for my product brand. Okay. And from there, because I feel as though, or I felt when I was doing it, that I had validated the market. I validated the product. I validated that I was going to be able to roll out more products in this niche and I was going to build that out. So it's a long-term business plan for me. So um, I did go ahead and form the LLC, and uh, that's been finalized. And it took about uh, six to eight weeks because in New York you have to run uh, a paper ad for six weeks in two different papers, and uh, it's not cheap either. That was about another two hundred bucks. So final number, and I went through LegalZoom. By the way, I didn't mention. I should mention. I went through LegalZoom. They were fantastic. And, um, they walked me through it, gave me all the paperwork, did all the, did all the legwork. And, uh, I believe all said and done, it was about a thousand bucks to do an LLC, maybe a little less, but yeah, about a thousand dollars. So that's what I'm saying. If you're just testing this thing out and you don't know if it's going to work, you can just get yourself an EIN number from the, the, you know, from the government and, uh, and have them issue it, or you can just use your social security number as well. Uh, again, this is what I did. You probably want to seek some legal counsel for that, but uh, that's what I did. Um, okay. And, um, The other thing is, is if you don't have an EIN number, you can't just use your social security number for creating a business account. So if you go to your your, uh, bank that you're using and you say, I want to set up a uh, checking account for my business because I want to start putting funds into that business, um, you're going to need an EIN number. And uh, that comes from the IRS. So you have to file that within them. But the LLC, they do that for you. They go file the EIN number and then put all of that stuff um, together for you to be able to get that checking account. So- That's kind of how you do the setup. And that's how I did it as far as getting the ball rolling here and, you know, kind of getting legal, right? Because you want this thing to be a legal business, but you want to validate it too. So that's why it was important for me to uh, to do it that way. All right, so as of right now, I have an LLC that's finalized. I have an EIN number. I have a business checking account that the money from Amazon gets deposited to, into, which I think is very important because now we're going to do checks and balances, okay, because now we have to basically take the money in, and then if we're going to pay anything out, we're going to pay out of that account. And now when you get into accounting now, and that's what we'll talk about here next, when you get into the accounting aspect of it, you want to really be able to show ins and outs, right? It's it's that simple, and I think especially when you're first starting, you know, don't overcomplicate things. Uh, for me personally, I just created a basic spreadsheet. And I just basically said, okay, inventory. How much am I ordering? How much did it cost me? How much did I spend on ads? I just made basically a spreadsheet, right? So it just it was very basic, little like almost like you're creating a budget, and then you just have your inventory on how much it, how much you spent, how much it cost for the shipping, all that stuff, and then from there, how much money was generated in in you know gross revenue, and then you know from there, how much were my expenses, and then how much did you net, right? I mean that's as basic as it can get, and when you're first starting, that's probably all you need to do. All right. But, you know, part of this is like accounting software, right? Like it's going to make things easier. So there's a bunch of them out there that you can use. I personally have used QuickBooks in my brick and mortar business way back. um, And uh, I, I had great success for it with it. But then once I got online and I was doing more Really, just kind of like my information marketing uh, in my other business. Uh, I was really just doing a spreadsheet, you know, using that as well. I just really kept things simple. Um, I've heard people using FreshBooks, um, which is an online uh, type service. I've also heard for Amazon businesses using uh, a new one called, I think it's new, it's called Zero. And uh, people are really raving about that. Um, I personally went with a free one, and it's working wonderfully, and it's called Wave. It's actually Wave Apps, and I'll leave the links to all of these in the show notes uh, at uh, at this particular episode or in this episode. Uh, it'll be theamazingseller.com forward slash 14, and I'll leave these links for you. But I'm using this one called Wave Apps, and I really like it because it's simple, and the reason why it's free is they have some services that if you connect to uh, your checking account or if you connect and you want uh, you know additional services to help you with your accounting, they'll offer that to you. You'll also see a little ad on the right-hand side or on the top, but it's totally free. And you can export, you can import, um, you can even take um, pictures of receipts and it'll, it'll import them, it'll transcribe them, and all that cool stuff. So... I've been using that one. I really like it right now. I've only been using it for about a month. um, But I'm going to use that and see how it goes. Um, I looked at FreshBooks. I think it looks really good. But there's a lot of features in there that, to me, are more for like invoicing and and, uh, creating bills and and stuff like that. And I really didn't need that. I just wanted ins and outs, right? I wanted money in and money out. Um, So that's your kind of your accounting software. Um, I just wanted to touch on that. The other thing and this is something I'm definitely looking into is product insurance. And, um, I'd love to hear any thoughts on that. If anyone has, has, uh, you know, has used any, uh, product insurance or where they've gotten it and, uh, how much it cost, because I'm definitely, definitely looking into doing that. And I, I want to back up a little bit. The LLC, I didn't really talk about that. I didn't form it as, uh, as a corporation or anything like that. I didn't want to complicate my accountant. I have a really good accountant and I've had him for years and he's really, uh, you know, he's really good because he doesn't want to complicate things either. If I went with a CPA, if I went with a corporation, I'd have to get a CPA and I'd have to, I'd have to get a little bit more granular, uh, and it just complicates things. So what I did is I went with an LLC and that was basically just limited liability coverage. And what that's doing is it's protecting my, uh, my personal assets, right? So if someone was to sue the business, they can't sue me personally, right? They can't go after my assets. They can only go after the business assets, which is basically the checkbook, right? Whichever is in that account, they can go after or any other assets that I acquire with this business, okay? Inventory, they can take over, any of that stuff. So that's really why I wanted the LLC is to really protect my personal assets. But you still don't want to have to go through that. So product insurance is definitely another great extension of that, I think. But I, I'm i still looking into that. So I don't even have any answers on that. I don't currently have any. Um, my thing is, is I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, no one, you know, comes out of the the woodwork and and says that they got injured or, uh, something happened, uh, to them because of using the product. And again, that would have to be proved, but you don't want to have to go through the hassle of that. So product insurance would really be a step in the right direction, I believe to kind of uh, help yourself with that if that was to ever happen. So I'm definitely looking into that. I don't have any, any advice on that. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is sales tax. And this is a big one. We could probably do a whole episode on this and, um, I mean, heck, who knows? Maybe I can even reach out to the guys over at tax jar and get one of them on here as an interview. So if they are listening or anybody knows of them that are uh, that, that are listening to this show, maybe you can ask them to get on an interview here and we could uh, maybe drill down a little bit on the sales tax thing. And you know what? Maybe I might even just reach out myself to them and see if they're interested in doing that. But uh, yeah, that would be really cool um, because here's the thing, and I'm going to explain this kind of quickly, but this is really how it works. This is how I understand it anyway, Okay. Sales tax, right now, there's a nexus uh, bill, basically, or tax that they call it, that basically now, the way it works, because Amazon has so many warehouses spread out all over the United States, that basically, even though I reside in New York... I ship stuff to Arizona and I ship, this is my inventory. I ship it to Arizona. I might ship it to South Carolina. I might ship it to Florida, wherever, Texas, right? And when I ship it there, now, if someone buys something from me, even though I'm in New York and they live in Arizona and that product gets shipped from the Arizona warehouse to them, because that that's the way Amazon want, would want to do it anyway because they want to create one day shipping for this customer because they want to make the customers happy and it's going to be cheaper so that's why they're building all these warehouses all over the United States because it's going to help with shipping right so because of that now it it looks like because I'm I'm selling through FBA it looks like I have a business that's that resides in Arizona let's say right so now that person that buys in Arizona, even though I don't live there and my business doesn't reside there, I have a, I basically have a warehouse there. So because of that, I need to charge sales tax. Now I'm putting the quotes up, the air quotes. I technically should do this. I bet you nine out of 10 sellers are not doing it. Now, me personally, I'm doing it, okay? I just actually started. I'm not fully doing it yet, but I am uh, basically doing all of the states that I'm shipping to. I am... Uh, registering my business there, okay? And I'm getting a sales tax ID number, okay? But here's the thing. And here's the really like the the little gray area that no one really knows. But Amazon will, you'll ship stuff to one warehouse and then what they'll do, and they won't even tell you, they'll ship it to other warehouses to spread out your inventory. So this way here, it's closer to all of your customers. Or they may see that over time, you're shipping a lot more to Arizona and uh, then from there, you don't have a lot of stock over there. They might just go ahead out of, you know, out of the blue and just ship product over to Air- over to Arizona without you even knowing it. So that's a little bit of a gray area. A lot of people say, I'm just going to pay sales tax on the, uh, the warehouses that I know that I'm shipping to. And I just, I don't know the rules on that really, okay? And I don't think anyone really does. It's really a gray area. But if you're going to ever think about selling your business, if you're ever thinking about just again, treating this like a real business, you really should be doing everything on the up and up. And I do believe that charging sales tax to those states that you're at least sending inventory to, because now that you've established that you're sending inventory there, you have inventory there, that's almost like your store there. You really should be collecting and paying sales tax from those locations. Okay. Now, it can get very complicated. And I'm actually in the process right now because I've only been at this just about four months. So, you know, I'm still kind of new at this. And and again, in the beginning, I didn't worry about it because my sales weren't that much. But then once I started ramping up sales, I said, you know what? I better, I better look into this. I better start figuring out how to do everything right. And, and it's a slow process because there's one right now, Indiana. I believe it was Indiana. Uh, I've already submitted my paperwork, but it's going to take eight weeks before they give me an ID. So I can't even technically, I can't even technically start collecting sales tax for their state until I get my sales tax ID. So, you know, There's really, sometimes there's just, you can only do so much to be on the up and up and I'm doing everything I can to do that. And I would advise you to as well. But in the beginning, just to see if things are getting started, don't worry about all of the little ins and outs. I didn't worry about this when I was first starting. I just worried about finding the product, getting it listed and getting sales, getting reviews. That's all I worried about. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to generate income. But now that I'm up over, what, $60,000, $70,000 in revenue, you know, you really got to start thinking about this because it is a real business. And that's why I did the LLC and, uh, you know, set up my, you know, its own business checking account, all that stuff. So I'm just giving you, again, my process of where I've went from, you know, from the beginning till now. And the sales tax thing is is a little, it's a little goofy, all right? And I'll be honest, it's confusing. Sales tax... um, you know, going through, like well, let me back up here. Going through uh, TaxJar, which is a service, and what they basically do, they make it easier for you, okay? And I'm still learning this. I'm still learning how this whole thing works within TaxJar, okay? But they're very helpful, and I send them a bunch of emails, and they always respond back. But what they basically do is they hook into your, your seller's account, okay? They'll basically tap in where you can allow them to pull data from your account. And what they pull is uh, your sales, okay? And what this does is it tells you what you technically should be collecting. So even though you're not collecting it right now, it tells you like, hey, in California, you've had $6,000 worth of sales. You should have collected, you know, I don't know, whatever the tax rate is. You should have collected, you know, $1,000 or maybe $800, whatever it is, whatever the calculations is, right? And it tells you that. So then right away you can say to yourself, okay, I probably should register in that state first cuz that's where all my sales are going. I probably should do that and there's a warehouse there. Okay? So that's one thing. They, they give you that information. But the other thing that they give you is they make it easier for you to file. So once you hook in all of your stuff here, once you plug in your, your sales tax numbers, now you need sales tax ID numbers from these states. So you have to go to each individual individual states, which I believe right now there's 14. Uh, but you have to basically go register for all of these states. And then from there, you have to plug those numbers that they give you, those sales tax numbers, and you have to plug them into TaxJar. And then what TaxJar does is it gives you a reminder that ta- sales tax is coming due It also allows you to basically file right from that page that tells you the amount that you owe, so you can either do a a paper document, you can file it that way and mail it in with a check, or it'll connect you to their website, so you don't have to go searching for all of this stuff. They even take it one step further. Most of these states, they'll allow you to do an auto file, where now what you can do is you can connect your checking account, your business account with them, and then basically allow them to make the payment and your submission for that particular month month or quarter or yearly uh, payment. All right. Now it costs an additional $20 per auto transmission that they do for you. So you might only owe 15 bucks for that one state. So maybe that one you might want to go ahead and just manually file. Okay. But there is a fee to that. So let me kind of go over that real quick. Tax jar. I forget how many for the base for, I think maybe, I don't know, four or 5,000 transactions, whatever it is. It's a, it's a pretty decent amount. It's like 30 bucks a month to basically monitor all of that, pull in all of the data so you can look at it with a bird's eye view. All right. And then if you want to submit the, uh, the auto file, I believe it's 20 bucks per state that you file. All right. So it can get expensive. There's 14 states, you know, 20 bucks a piece. You know, you're, you're talking a little bit of money per month, right? Or, you know, per quarter, whichever it is. Some states require you to do it monthly. Uh, so the other option is to hire someone to go into your tax jar and basically manually file them for you. Um, that's, an, that's another option. But here's the thing. If you don't have a service like tax jar that allows you to go in and kind of see this stuff at a bird's eye view, you basically have to go into Amazon and kind of like go through reports one by one until you see you know all of the different ones that are collected. They'll collect it for you once you go into into uh, your account in in the uh, the seller's dashboard. You can go into your settings and then select the states that you want to start collecting sales tax for, and then they'll they'll basically attach that money or they'll they'll collect that money on your behalf. But then it's your job to now separate that money every time you get paid. So this way here, when you get your sales tax number that you owe, you don't just get randomly caught off guard and go, whoa, I thought all that money was, you know, was money coming into my account that was mine. No, you collected, you know, an extra $800 to California, you know, you've got to, you've got to pay that in, even though it's not coming out of your pocket necessarily because they're collecting it for you and then you're just paying it, but you really want to do that. So what I do personally is I go into tax jar and I look every month and I'll see, like literally, I can scroll down the screen and I can see each state and I can say, okay, that state was $35, that one there was $150, you know, Texas was $175 and whatever, right? And then I can tally them all up. And then when I get paid from Amazon, let's say it was $1,500 that I collected in sales tax, I can just take that $1,500 and slide it over to my savings account maybe and put that over there. So when the sales tax does come due, I'm not surprised by it. Okay, that's just me. That's how I do it. I've done that for years with paying my federal income tax, you know, my quarterly st- uh, taxes, uh, sales tax in the future that I've done for New York, um, all that stuff. So it's a little complicated, but it doesn't have to be once you get the systems in place. But if you're just starting, I would just say get started and don't let this stuff bog you down. But the question came in, so I really thought that I needed to answer it, and that's why I wanted to. And uh, the sales tax thing is is really kind of goofy, and, and it's it. It's just, you know, it really can slow you down. So don't stress about it, but you definitely want to uh, consider uh, charging the sales tax and uh, and paying it in when you feel as though it's necessary. And again, me personally, I'm doing it and I just, again, because I'm looking at, the long-term picture. If someone wants to buy my company, okay, which that's kind of like your exit plan. If you ever want to build this thing up and you're doing a couple million dollars a year or $3 million a year in revenue, you may get a company that wants to buy that company from you. Well, if that happens and you haven't been doing things on the up and up, that could really make that deal not happen, right? So, That's me personally. I'm just looking at it like I'm treating this like a real business and I want to do everything as, you know, up on the up and up as possible. And I would advise anyone else doing that as well. So um, that's my take on that. So we've got one more question we're going to answer. And it's again, it's on this topic. So let's go ahead and listen to that question and I'll give you my answer.
2: Hey, Scott, my name is Monty. I'm out of Houston, Texas, and um, been listening to the podcast. Really appreciate you making all this information uh, available to us i have going down this uh, path just getting started and I've chosen uh, a product but my question is related to uh, the business name I'm about to set up a, a LLC to get the business started but in case the product I've chosen doesn't work and I, I want to go with a, a different product I'm wondering if you can have different business names uh, in Amazon so for example I would like my business name to be relevant to my product. So if I'm selling, um, I don't know, dishes or something, I'd like, you know, cookware or something. But then if that doesn't work out and I start selling yo-yos, I don't want to be stuck with the name cookware. And I don't want to have to, you know, go through that process again of, of opening a a different company. So I'm not sure if, uh, if you have different DBAs, if you can be listed as different sellers, I would, like to avoid having a um, you know a batch of random products under my seller listing name. Anyway, so that's my question. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks uh, for everything you do.
0: Okay. Uh, Monty, thank you so much for the, uh, for the question. And, uh, you know, I kind of already answered this and I'm going to answer it again because I know myself personally too, when I listen to certain things, I need to hear them more than once. Um, and in this case, I I do want to really just talk about this particular thing right here. We just kind of went on a tangent with the sales tax thing, because I think that that's very important. But, um, the, the thing that you're asking is kind of confusing too, but I'm going to explain it again and break it down. All right. Um, You're basically looking at two different things here, okay? Your brand or your seller's account, let's call it your seller's account, okay? Your Amazon account. When you sign up, you know, for your seller's account, you can create that brand name, okay? And that's going to be where you see, like, sold by, and then it's going to say, and fulfilled by Amazon, and then it'll say gift wrapping available, right? You've all seen that, right? That's your main brand, Okay, that's like your XYZ wholesale, right? Or like you had said, you know, uh, if you're selling cookware, well, you might not want that to be cookware related because you may want to start selling yo-yos. And if you do cookware as your main, you know, sold by, uh, you know, company, well, then that's not going to fly and that's going to look a little silly. I've seen people do that. And you know what? It's probably not going to make or break your sales, but it just doesn't it doesn't seem like a real company. It doesn't seem like a real business. Um, So that's what, this is what I really did. And this is what I would advise anyone to do. Come up with something that is, uh, you know, X, Y, Z products or, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, wholesale goods or whatever it is. I'm not saying to use those names. I'm just kind of giving ideas. Um, please don't use those names. Not that they're mine or anything, but they're just kind of, you know, they're not good. Uh, But just use something that's more broad, right? Something that you know could, you know, if you, if you wanted to, you could even use it or or, or use your initials in your name and then, you know, put products after it, or, you know, uh, just come up with something, you know, unique, uh, you know, because then what you're going to do is when you create your product line or your I'm going to do air quotes again, your, your business. Okay. Your business that's selling your certain products. Okay. If it's cookware, right. And it's, you know, it could be like, you know, uh, best cookware, let's call it, that's going to be the, your brand name. Okay. Not your seller's account name, not the company that's technically sold by, right. It's, it's produced, uh, by, you know, your brand, right. But it's sold by the main brand. Okay. So the main brand is like the warehouse, let's call it, or like the wholesaler, right? But the product is by the brand. Okay, and your brand is really what you you want to spend a little bit more time on because that's what you're going to put all of those products that are related to each other against. Now, if, for example, let's say that you created that your overall brand that, you know, the product is sold by, right, but then let's say you did cookware and then let's say that you went into, uh, you said yo-yo, so let's just say like children's toys, right? Well, if you just created another brand, which Amazon allows you to do, okay, if you created another brand of a product, okay, or a product line called, you know, uh, Silly Toys, right, and that's your brand, but yet you have another one that's, uh, you know, Best Cookware. You know, over here, well, each one of those, if you clicked on one of, you know, you, you guys know how it's kind of like it's in blue where it says underneath the the, the title, it'll say by basically by like, not sold by, but basically created by or the products by um, that's usually clickable. Well, if you click in there, you're only going to see the products that you've tagged or that you've said were by that certain brand, right? You won't see all of your products underneath the entire brand. So the sold by brand now if you clicked on that particular one that's you know that's the one that's below the price and stuff and usually it'll say like in stock above it and stuff if you click on that one that one will show you all of the products which most people don't click in there anyway but that's that's where you'll see everything okay but the the buy and, and that's all it says is it just says buy and it's just above your your rating right it's above the stars and your reviews and that little that little uh, name there that is your main brand and that's how i go about doing this that's what i did okay and that's how i would say to go about it if you're creating a brand uh product specific that's how i would do it and then making your seller's account brand a more universal brand okay because it, amazon does not allow two separate brands, seller account brands underneath one person. Um, and uh, I, I've heard some people being able to do it by them, you know, telling them that, you know, they're they're selling two different, you know, completely different businesses and they have two different, you know, LLCs or whatever, and they've done that. You know, yes, but to me, it's more complicated. Why not just keep things all under one roof? And then from there, just each brand is its own product line. All right. So, I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I just wanted to really drill down on that. Um, I did, and you brought up a point there about mentioning, um, you know, creating one LLC and then doing separate DBAs underneath that LLC. That is an option. I'm not a legal advisor. Um, I would look into that. I did have, uh, one person in my mastermind group that had said that that is definitely possible, but it does complicate things a little bit, especially, I think, too, on probably like a, a tax return, uh, thing. It, it could be a little complicated, but, I don't really know personally because I've never done that. Um, I wanted to keep it it separate because I was looking at my brand um, that I'm selling this product line through is going to be my main brand for a very long time. And the sold by, I really don't care about that as much because that really is just the overall seller account. But all of your seller feedback will go on that in one main account, okay? But that's still going to help all of your brands that are listed underneath that, all right? So... That's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. I really uh, just wanted to kind of touch on this business stuff because I know how important it is. And, you know, when I was first starting to, I didn't know what I was doing. All right. And I was just kind of, uh, you know, hey, let me just get this thing started. And you know what? I think because of that, it didn't slow me down. Uh, you know, I think if you heard this episode before you even got started, it might slow you down because you would think, Oh, I got to get a business name. I got to get a trademark. I got to get an LLC. I got to get accounting software. How am I going to track inventory and and all that stuff? And it's just going to slow you down. Um, so me personally, You got to test to make sure that this is going to be a viable business. There's so many people right now that are doing the arbitrage method and they're just going under as themselves and they use their social security number and they start selling stuff right? And that's really what I would advise doing just to see if this is going to work for you. And like, uh, like Monty said, you know, if you started something and you, you developed everything around that, and then you found out that it wasn't going to work and you wanted to pivot and go into another direction. Well, now you've just created an LLC, a trademark, all this stuff, a website, you know, that's why I don't recommend anyone even creating a website until you finally figure out that this is going to be a viable business for you right? Amazon is the fastest business model I've ever, I've ever uh, been involved in. Uh, I've set up many businesses, uh, brick and mortar and online businesses, information businesses online, and there is such a, a slower process. You have to build a list. You have to nurture the list. You have to deliver free content. You have to basically you know, sell yourself and sell the product here. You're, you're walking into an ecosystem of buyers on Amazon looking for products. And if you've done your research, right, you have products that, you know, people are buying. All right. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I wanted again thank you so much for uh, spending the time. I want to apologize for my voice. I f- totally feel like I can't even continue, uh, even if I wanted to. Uh, I feel like I'm losing my voice as I talk. So I want to apologize for that. It was definitely worth it. Uh, Son didn't win, but uh, it was definitely worth uh, you know being there and, and enjoying it. And again, that's why I do what I do. Right? I would never miss that game. If I had a job and uh, I couldn't make that game, that would be frustrating to me. That would be very very frustrating. So. So this is why I do what I do um, and build, uh, you know, businesses. And this one that we're talking about today and that I'll be talking about on the show is an Amazon FBA business and private labeling. All right, so... That's it. That's going to wrap it up. If you guys have any questions, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. You can leave them there. Leave me a voicemail just like the ones left here on the show today. I really, really do appreciate hearing from you. I just want to hear your voice because it just makes it more intimate. If you haven't left a review on iTunes yet, I'd really appreciate it if you would do that. So many of you have and I wanted to just reach out and give you guys a giant big hug and say, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. That helps in the rankings. And I've been on the new and noteworthy all of business and even all of iTunes for the past two weeks now, which is, you know, that's just surpassed my wildest dreams. I never would have thought. And it's all because of you guys. And I really do appreciate it. And, uh, just, you know, keep the questions coming. Um, you know, keep, keep me in the loop, keep me, uh, you know, you know, keep, keep me posted on what you're doing you know, and how things are going, what you're struggling with. Let's try to get you through this so we can get you to the next level. And I'm going to be reporting on, on all of my, uh, you know, my successes and failures so this way here we can kind of learn together. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks again. Go out there, build your business. Remember, I'm rooting for you. I totally am rooting for you. And I know you can do this. And I know that you're going to be able to create a successful Amazon business as long as you stick with it, stay focused. And hey, be the one or 2% that will take this information that I'm sharing with you, put it to use, and give yourself the reward of freedom, right? Being able to do what you want to do. All right. So thanks again. Take care. Talk to you later.